Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. Our guest today is from Whipfley, and our guest is Tina Nazer. And Tina is the director for National Construction and Real Estate Organizational Performance. She is the leader of that group. So, Tina, thank you for agreeing to uh, be on iPodcast AGCMO today. Thanks, Len. I appreciate the invite, and I'm looking forward to our chat. Well, let's chat about how to achieve construction business success, how to build mastery. Just in general terms, how does a construction firm build mastery? I work with construction clients all over the country, Len, and we've kind of come to the conclusions around when we think about what it takes for a good, solid construction business to be highly successful, we look at it, we kind of use the term we call prime. And when we think about prime, it's a place of optimized health in performance for a construction company. And that's really our goal is to help our clients get to that optimized level of health and performance. And I, I kind of use an analogy of a professional athlete. And an athlete at their prime state, they are really just kind of like a well-oiled machine. They're like knocking it out of the park. They're, they're humming along on all gears. They are in their peak physical, mental, emotional, spiritual condition. They have honed their craft. They are so solid on consistently delivering upon their game and their skill. And that we would call an athlete at their prime. So similarly, we would want our construction companies at their prime operating on all cylinders, if you will. So when you think about that build mastery component of the, we look at it from seven different components. And those seven components all working together simultaneously at like a well-oiled machine really gets to that kind of prime state of a construction company. So what are those seven components? You know, there's the habits of highly effective people and all those things. Uh, So what are those seven components to achieve prime operations and build mastery? Well, the first one, if we're thinking about the optimal performance of a company, we kind of have to have some ideal future state in mind, that ideal future vision for the company, where we want to go and how we're going to get that. So that first component to get that company to a state of prime is making sure that we have a compelling vision, that that vision is clearly defined that not only at the executive and the owner level of the business they have that clear picture, but do all of their leaders in the next level and at their team level also understand what that clear vision is, that ideal future state, and understand how to get to that point. So we not only have a clear vision, but we have a solid pathway or plan to get to that clear vision. So that that would be the first 
component of build mastery. Okay. The second one is really around leadership. We know in our industry today that we have a strong push to really make sure we have the best leadership in place. We know that that's going to help us make sure we're achieving our vision, but it's also going to help us make sure we've got a solid workforce. So that second component is transformational leadership. And that's at the executive level. Do we have the right executive team members leading the pack, basically, to make sure we're going to achieve that ideal future state or that compelling vision? And then do we have leaders in the field that are operating at their best leadership capacity and capability? Do we have leadership within the rest of the ranks of our teams so that all of our leadership is clearly aligned to that compelling vision? They're operating at the optimal level of their leadership craft and working hard to elevate the company to achieve the goals that they have set forth. Then the third component and one that we are really focused on in our industry right now is this engaged people component. I've been talking to a number of folks at the regional and national levels of some of our construction professional associations around this workforce issue that we have. It's in our top two to three most pressing issues. I hear regularly working with clients that uh, we could just do more business if we had more people or we get people in the door and they don't stay, they're bouncing from company to company or they're not necessarily as engaged in what we're doing. They're just coming there going through the motions. So that third component of engaged people is critical to us because we are such a people-driven industry. We can't do what we do in construction without labor and that labor and workforce is critical to us. So we have to make sure we've really dialed in and honed our game in that engaged people component so people are there doing what they should be doing, that they are set up to do that most effectively. They've got the right training and development. They have the right leadership in place helping them grow and develop as well. So making sure that they're the right fit for the company, but the company is right fit for them and that they are truly feeling like this is the right place for them to not only start, but to stay throughout their careers. That is really, really important. It is, at the end of the day, a people business, isn't it? Mm-hmm, definitely. And then kind of along that lines is we know that our people are engaged, but we also want to make sure that they really feel, like I mentioned, that we're the right place for them to stay. And so we talk about thriving brand as that fourth component and that's not only we have a solid brand for our future and current customers to really grab a hold of, do they know that we're the right company for them to do what they need us to do? Do they trust our brand? Do they know that they can come to us and we'll deliver on that solid brand? Do we know who our ideal target clients or customers are? And are we actively honing that kind of business development machine around ensuring that we've got an active pipeline uh, or backlog of work. So it's a brand from the external customer perspective, but also if we think about that in a little bit different way, think about it from our engaged people perspective. Do our ideal future employees understand that we should be an optimal choice for them? Do they feel like they are going to come to a company that well aligns with who they are, their values, and where they want to go in their career? So it's not only the client or customer brand of the company, but do we have a strong employer brand and are we actively managing and marketing that brand as well? And that's really a key to retaining those 
key employees more than just benefits or other sort of enticements the attachment to that thriving brand means a lot to people in that brand component the best companies from the employer brand perspective have solid messaging around that when they're recruiting their people have solid messaging around why they should be encouraging others and they're actually incentivizing their current employees to help be the brand ambassadors with other potential future employees so it's really how are you managing and honing in on that brand capacity to help the company be as successful as it can be both from an external customer perspective as well as a potential new workforce member perspective okay tina we've covered four of the elements let's move on to number five what's number five So number five really kind of is intertwined with almost all of the elements, as you will note with the prior ones, a similar intertwine of each of those elements. But the the fifth component is operational excellence. And that's really around uh, when I gave the analogy earlier of the athlete at their prime state. They've really honed their craft. They are consistently delivering on their game. So when we think about that from a construction business perspective, have we really honed our craft? Also, do we have a clear picture and process for how we're delivering on our customer journey? So our processes should not only be a positive effect on our our company, but they should also include what are those, those critical customer touch points that we have through the delivery of our service opportunity with that client And are we navigating and honing in on the best experience for our customers? So is our process operationally sound? Is it the most efficient, most effective? And is it delivering on the value proposition that we say to our customers and that we indicate in our website and we indicate on our contracts and such? So it's really, that's where we're honing the craft and delivering consistently over and over. So the other thing with operational excellence is really thinking about what we call the drop and play model. If you are really well honed in onto the processes that you're delivering and you're you're able to deliver them in the most efficient and effective way, then you should be able to take that to a different geographic market if you're doing similar work there and have those same processes be fairly consistent. And so if we know we've got that ability to scale what we have into a new market, then I would say that we're pretty consistent with our operational processes. But operational processes and excellence really take into account, do we really understand where where our core processes are? Have we honed that craft? And are we able to make sure that our customer actually experiences what we expect them to experience in the customer journey? Well, Tina, we have gone through five of the seven items, so let's uh, move on to number six. Okay, so the sixth component is financial confidence. And when we think about that, we talked earlier about that compelling vision, Len, and the importance of having what is that ideal future state of the company look like, and we've got a solid plan to get there and we've got the leadership team in place, we've got a good solid workforce, our brand is strong, we've got operational excellence. That's where we look at, are we able to take what we have and really are we financially positioned to fund those future opportunities? 
Do we feel confident that we are going to be able to be successful from a financial perspective for the long haul? And that's really just basically, do we have the right systems? Do we, do we have the right processes in place? And do we feel like we are financially able to support that ideal future vision? That would be the financial confidence. And that just kind of wraps us all up here. The technology optimization is really the seventh component. And that seventh component, again, is wrapped into all six of the other components. Because if we think about technology optimization in the construction industry, we have lots and lots of technology available to us. And technology optimization doesn't necessarily mean that we have all the latest and greatest technology as much as do we have the right technology to achieve our future vision and is that technology being utilized in the most effective way? Are we optimizing the use? Do our team members have the data at their fingertips that they need? And does it help them make their work easier or more simplified? Because now they have the technology tools at their fingertips that talk to each other, basically. They don't have to go to five different apps on their iPad or on their phone to be able to get the data that they need out on the job sites. Is it all working in, in concert together? So technology optimization really covers and touches each of those other six components as well. And when you are talking about leadership and engaged people and branding and operational excellence, really that requires someone along this journey to prime to look at recruitment, retention, and succession planning. I would think all uh, concurrently that you're looking at attracting the right people, retaining the right people, and making sure that uh, as I'm losing talent on the other end of the spectrum that I've got a plan to uh, develop folks to fill in those roles. I would think that's a key component of this whole journey. Yes, that is absolutely true, Len. And I think about the workforce component and how it's so deeply connected to how effective are we at really planning for what I call a comprehensive construction workforce strategy. That should be part of the compelling vision, not just the here's our revenue targets and here's the work that we want to be focused in, but what is that construction workforce strategy that's part of that compelling vision? Do we know what's going to attract and retain the next generation of workers in our industry? Is it including things along the lines of how are we recruiting from diverse populations? There's a lot of push out in our industry for our diversity of our workforce. And we've got a ways to go in that space. And I think that's no surprise to any of us here today. But if I think about it, you know, we've got, I think that the last information that I saw, we have about 51% of our workforce in the U.S. from, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, is female right now, but we have less than 10% of the female workforce in the construction industry. So we have opportunities there. We've got opportunities for more neurodiverse individuals to be in our industry, and obviously lots of other diverse populations. So I think that people component and having a comprehensive construction workforce strategy that takes into account the pre-hire, the hire stage, and then the post-hire engagement and growing and developing them so that we're not only getting the right people in the door, but they're also helping us with this succession issue that you mentioned, Len, 
because we know that there's a large percentage of our construction leadership and population that's going to be exiting the workforce. The baby boomer generation is going to be retiring in the next five to 10 years, and we've, we're going to have to make sure we're doing all we can to build that succession or that next level of leaders in our current team members so that we can continue to evolve the company and you know keep it viable and sustainable for well into the future. And I would think that everyone listening to this in every construction company is somewhere along a continuum of having very limited capacity to be at their prime or some who are near their prime. So how can a company gauge where they are along this continuum in each one of these areas? Is there a methodology for me to assess myself? Yes, we actually have uh, something called the Prime Rapid Assessment that we offer to to construction companies. And we do that as a complimentary service because our goal is to make sure that we are actually helping our industry continue to evolve and thrive well into the future because it's going to benefit all of us to keep that going. And so we offer a complimentary Prime Rapid Assessment to any construction business leader that would like to do that. It's typically offered to their entire leadership team to take the assessment. And then it actually has them self-rate based on where they believe they are on multiple questions in each of the seven components. And then we provide a review of those results with that particular company's leadership team and also share some recommendations from the findings. So it's a great way if you're just kind of thinking, well, gee, I kind of think we're doing well in all of these seven areas, or boy, I'm not sure we're doing well in a couple of these. I wonder how the rest of my leadership team thinks. And we would just offer that to them on a complimentary basis. And when you have done this, what have been the takeaways? What have you seen as the results in companies that have gone through the assessment process? It's actually a pretty exciting process to go through. First of all, you know, sometimes we get in, and this it happens across every industry, we get really busy doing the work that we're doing. And sometimes it's hard for us to step out of the work that we're doing and really focus on how we're doing what we're doing and what do we need to be thinking about to continue to grow and involve our businesses. So what we've learned through this process is it gives the opportunity for more of an, an anonymous feedback system for all of the executive and leaders in the company to be able to share their views on where they believe they're at with each of these seven components. And then the leadership team has the opportunity for some really good facilitated open dialogue around all of those seven components and how the team feels that they are. And then the opportunity to really dive deeper into, okay, well, it looks like you your leadership team feels like you're not doing as well as you'd like to in transformational leadership or in engaged people. Let's talk about the questions that got a little lower rating here and what do we think needs to happen in order to amp that up just a bit more to get closer to that prime state. So it's it's a very factual way to talk about how our business is successful and what areas that we feel specifically we could actually up our game a little bit in and the dialogue is pretty open and the leaders have a great opportunity to just really brainstorm around where are the areas that we're doing well what do we need to do to keep doing well 
and where are some of those areas that we know are not doing so well and what could we be doing differently. So it gives them a very detailed way to look at their business from these seven components and dial into each one because as you look at the seven components, they need to be operating in, in kind of concert with each other because if you're missing out on one or two of the components, you're not going to have that well-oiled machine. And this dives right into the components to get more to get closer to that well-oiled machine or that optimal health of Prime. How long does this process take? If I think this is a great idea and I'd like to do it, number one, where do I go to contact you? And number two, how long does this take? What's my commitment to get started down this road? Well, it's a pretty uh, brief commitment, actually, that takes probably 10 minutes for each of the leadership team members. And we also offer to the next level of leadership. So, we, you know, the executive team, we would want to take this, but also the next generation or the next level of leaders in the company. So you get a balanced perspective of both executive and, you know, mid-level leaders. And a lot of companies will bring in their field leadership to respond to those questions so they get a balanced view from both. That process takes them probably 10 minutes to take the assessment. And then the time commitment is usually between the time they complete the assessment, we give them about a week, and then takes us a little under a week to compile the results. And then we do a 60 to 90 minute review call with the executive team. So I would say the commitment time frame is about two weeks. Their actual involvement is providing the names and email addresses for us to be able to send the surveys. And then 10 minutes for them to take the survey roughly and about 90 minutes to get the review and the dialogue and the facilitated discussion around where can they make positive change to get closer to this optimal health and performance or prime state of their business. And how do I get a hold of Tina or Whipfly or where do I need to go? You can reach me. We can certainly provide that information in our chat feature here if we can. Otherwise, my email address is tnazer at whipfleet.com. And you can also feel free to reach out to us on our website at whipfleet.com. And I'll give you my phone number, even 404-420-5788. That's my office line. You can feel free to reach out that at that point as well. Tina, thank you. Anything else in uh, wrapping up this topic today? I do appreciate the time today, Len, and I think one of the, the key points that I've seen working with clients and doing this is they actually get a lot of clarity around where should they be spending their efforts looking at how to make the business a more successful. And to take this dissected approach on these seven different components gives them that clarity, but also opens the door from, for some really positive dialogue with their leadership team members. So certainly have seen a lot of great results with clients looking at it from this level of depth and what makes their business hum and how can they get closer to that state of prime. So thank you for inviting us to be part of the discussion today, Len, and happy to have any further dialogue with anyone that has a specific interest in learning more about how to go about this process. Thank you, Tina. I really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO on almost any podcast platform that you use. We hope you do subscribe and continue to listen as we move forward with this important project for the construction industry. To access our prior podcasts, visit www. 
www.agcmo.org, not only for podcasts, but for additional information about AGC of Missouri.